everybody and welcome to that wrestling show the podcast where all pro wrestling matters and this is our final show of the year yes this is the final show of 2021 and it means that well gonna go take a break in a little while and get myself ready for 2022 but before i do that gonna talk about some news here and there gonna go through uh, a new list <coughs> excuse me that um i have not done before plus gonna give my thoughts on 2021 in pro wrestling and i got a christmas gift <laughs> wait till you guys hear how this happened uh want to start off with some unfortunate news as it was reported earlier this week that michael penzel better known as Corporal Kirshner, passed away on Wednesday. Now, some of you may be wondering, wait, haven't I heard this story before? Well, yes, you have in a way, because back in 2006, WWE.com had reported that he had passed away. However, Five days later, WWE got a confirmation from Corporal Kirschner himself that he was still alive. So, file that in uh, one of those weird, uh, one of those weird categories, you know, of unusual pieces of news. Um, Corporal Kirschner was basically a character for the time i not i'm not sure if it would work today but he had a pretty lengthy career he was wrestling for 30 years i did not realize that um his first big break after being trained for many years was in the world wrestling federation where at first he was a jobber or a development wrestler and then Vince McMahon, after firing Sergeant Slaughter, thought, well, I could get a new guy, military guy. And Corporal Kirshner was, in fact, in the military. He did serve in the 82nd Airborne Division of the Army. And that's the gimmick, Corporal Kirshner. And the biggest match he ever had in the WWF was at WrestleMania 2 in a flag match against Nikolai Volkov that Kirshner won. So Corporal Kirshner uh, was undefeated at one WrestleMania at 1-0. I guess his streak is better than The Undertaker's. I'm just joking. Uh, after his run in the WWF was over, he went to many different promotions. He went to Stampede went to New Japan for a little while, then went to Mexico to the Universal Wrestling, or not uh, Mexico, pardon me. He did go to Herb Abrams' UWF. And then back in Japan, where he found a second career, in a way, kind of a revitalization, because he became known as Leatherface. Yes, uh, obviously a copy of the character from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And his run is so interesting because at one point he was arrested and jailed for six months following an attempted assault by a fan which left the fan with several facial injuries. 
yeah. So he was in jail for a while. And then he continued to wrestle. I think he was even in the King of the Deathmatch tournament in 95 that Cactus Jack won. And then competed in FMW. And then after that, he wrestled at different organizations. And his final match was on January 26th, 2010, in a six-man tag match with Mr. Pogo and the Winger, where they lost to the team of Hisakatsu Oya, Ricky Fuji, and Tarzan Goto. During his career, not a lot of championships won. Mainly in FMW, he held the Brass Knuckles heavyweight title, was a co-holder of the Brass Knuckles tag team title with Jason the Terrible, and a co-holder of the World Street Fight six-man tag team titles with the Headhunters, and in the Wing promotion was a co-holder of their tag team titles with Freddy Krueger. Corporal Kirshner passed away at the age of 64. On to some news now, uh, more news. The latest inductee for the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame was announced this week, and it is none other than the late Tracy Smothers. Tracy Smothers this week was announced as the next inductee for the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, which the ceremony will take place on Saturday, January the 22nd. He joins a very wonderful first class so far that includes Jerry Lynn, Ruckus, Homicide, and Dave Prezak. Um, if Tracy was alive today, I'm sure he'd be very touched to know that he is getting this honor going into the Independent Hall of Fame from his peers. Um, so congratulations to the family of Tracy Smothers with that announcement. Speaking of announcements, the Battle of Los Angeles tournament is getting bigger and bigger. This, uh, actually today, two more names have been added to the tournament. Ray Horace and J.D. Drake are now in the Battle of Los Angeles tournament. And here is, as of right now, the current field for the Battle of Los Angeles tournament. Aramis, Bandito, Black Taurus, Kevin Blackwood, Jack Cartwheel, J.D. Drake, Daniel Garcia, Jonathan Gresham, Ray Horace, Jonah, Lee Moriarty, Davey Richards, Leo Rush, Alex Shelley, and J.D. Drake. The tournament takes place January 29th and the 30th at the Globe Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, let's see, what else is there to talk about? Oh, Impact! They announced some dates for not only on the road, but a couple of pay-per-view tapings, or pay-per-view events that will be taking place in 2022. So, uh, you might want to get pen and paper for those that are interested in these. We'll begin with January 21st and 22nd. Both of those are going to be TV tapings. They will take place in Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the Charles Dodge Center. Then in the month of February, they will be going to New Orleans on the 19th at the Alamo Center in New Orleans for the No Surrender pay-per-view. And on the 20th, that will be a TV taping. Then in the month of March, they're going to have two sets of tapings. 
Uh, March the 5th will be the Sacrifice pay-per-view in Louisville, Kentucky at Paris Town Hall. And then on the 6th is a TV taping. And then March 18th and 19th, they will be doing TV taping at the 2300 Arena in South Philadelphia. And on April 23rd, it will be the Rebellion pay-per-view will be at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York, with April the 24th being a TV taping. Um, more info will come on impactwrestling.com backslash events for those that are interested in going to those shows. A quick reminder that because it is Friday, it's Christmas Eve, no AEW Rampage. It will be on, though, tomorrow night at 9 o'clock Eastern. Okay, so I... How could I set this up? This is kind of funny. Um... So, last night, I get a call from uh, Jim Boy Star, who you guys have heard on the show many times. And he got me a Christmas gift, which kind of surprised me, because we, we really don't give each other Christmas gifts. So, we met, or, well, yeah, we met, but we also talked uh, via Skype. And... I was kind of, I had no idea what this was. No idea what this was, what this was going to be. So, um, so I had my cell phone with me. And after it was done, he, or after I played it, he said, you can share this with people. You could share it on your show. You could share it, you know, with whoever, which is what exactly I'm going to do. So... For those that don't know, there's a there's a terrific website or a terrific app called Cameo, where you can get a famous person to you know send somebody a message, a happy birthday, or you know congratulate them on some award, or in this case, you know with the holiday season here right now, wish them maybe a happy Hanukkah, a happy Merry Christmas, or a happy Kwanzaa. Well, what I got certainly was not what I was expecting. But I'm going to play this for you guys because this is, um, it is clean. It's pretty funny. I got to chuckle out of it. And I'll explain the whole story in a minute. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa baby, a 54 convertible to light blue. I'll wait up for you, dear Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Think of all... Hey, Bill, it's your girl, Katie Forbes. And I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You're my buoy. I hope your 
Christmas is as magical as you. And also, New Year's is my birthday. So happy birthday to me. And Merry Christmas to you from Jimmy. Santa, honey. One little thing I really need. I need. To a platinum mine. Santa, baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa cutie, and fill my stocking with a duplex and checks. Merry Christmas! Love you, Bill. Santa cutie, and hurry. So, yes, I got a Christmas message. Uh, from Katie Forbes. I was not expecting that, which is kind of funny, because, I mean, I'm not the biggest Katie fan, but after, you know, getting that last night, and I did laugh, I, I, I did chuckle, it was, it was kind of cool, so, um, I, I guess Katie's no longer on my bad side. Um, but it's so weird, because, like, like I said, I, I've never gotten in a cameo, uh, before, and... Jim, or Jimmy, kind of knows my position on Katie Forbes, and uh, it, it, there's, it's a long story, I'm not going to get into it, but it was just pretty cool. Um, I think there's a way I can share that video, actually, so um, I probably will share it not only on the Facebook group, but also on our Twitter, and if I could find a way, maybe on our Instagram to uh show you guys what i saw and uh yeah believe me it it's uh it, it was definitely uh, a surprise that i got once again thank you jim for the christmas gift that you sent me this year oh my god i i can i i don't think that could be seed anytime soon by youngsters or at least i don't think so Alright, so Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine, uh, they came out uh, a few weeks ago with their second annual list of the top 50 tag teams in pro wrestling. Now last year I did not get to do this list because when the list came out, or by the time I got it, I was already on break, so I did not go through this list um, last year. So this year, decided, let's go through it. It's 50 tag teams, and I have not seen this list. So maybe I'm going to be surprised. Maybe I won't be surprised. Remains to be seen. So let's go through this list. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated's top 50 tag teams of 2021. This is the equivalent of the PWI 500 or the PWI Female 150. So start with the top 10. Uh, number one, the Young Bucks. Uh, they win this, for, or they are named number one for the first time. Number two, the Lucha Brothers. Three, Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Jimmy and Jey Uso. Four, then ALK, Giulia and Sayuri are at five. 
6 MSK, 7 Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, 8 Suzuki Goon of El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, 9 The Street Profits, and 10 The Good Brothers rounding out this group. Um, You know what? Honestly, I'm fine with the top three. You could have gone any way with that top three of the Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, and Taichi and Saber. And I think you would have been fine with any one of those being number one. Um, so I absolutely have no problem with that top three. Usos, I'm kind of surprised they're at number four. They had that break. Uh, I, I think it was when Jimmy had that arrest, so I was kind of surprised that they are up that high. Um, and then Nia Jackson, Shayna at seven, I would not have put them in the top ten, cause only cause the women's division really wasn't as strong for WWE this year as it had been in previous years. Alright, uh, 11 through 20, 11, The New Day, 12, The Gorillas of Destiny, 13, Nueva Generacion Dinamita of Curatreo, For Forestero, and Sanson, uh, 14, The Foundation, 15, RK Bro, 16, Next Stream, that is Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi, 17, Los Guerreros Laguneros, that is Ultimo Guerrero, Grand Guerrero, and Euphoria. 18, Fire and Flavor. 19, FTR, who was number one last year. And 20, Jurassic Express. Um, I'm kind of surprised Fire... No, I'm not surprised Fire and Flavor are up this high because they were the Knockouts Tag Champs for a good portion of 2021. So I'm going to... Uh, no, I'm not going to say I'm surprised that they're at this position. That's a pretty good position. Um, RK Bro, I thought, would be top 10, honestly. I thought they'd be in the top 10, but I guess they weren't together long enough to be put in the top 10. But, you know, maybe if they stay together, maybe next year they will be. Alright, 21 through 30. 21, Neo Bishiki Goon of Mi Saint Michelle and Saki Sama. 22, AJ Styles and Omos. 23, El Sky Team of Mystico, Caristico, and Valiente and Volador Jr. Whew, that's a, that's a group there. 24, Ray and Dominic Mysterio. 25, Santana and Ortiz, Proud and Powerful. 26, El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori, or Bullet Club's cutest tag team. 27, La Faction Ingo Bernable of Rouge Dragon Lee, Kenny King, and La Bestia del Ring. 28, Chaos of Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi. 29, The Aggression of Katsuhiko Nakajima and Masa Kitamiya. And 30, Los Parks of L.A. Park. El Hijo del L.A. Park and L.A. Park Jr. Chaos, I the the six that six man combo I thought would be higher. You know, just looking at it because they were the never open weight six man tag, or you know, they were the champs. They were the never open weight six man champs for pretty much the entire year until a few weeks ago. Um, I thought they'd be much higher. 
AJ Styles and Omos, I thought maybe top 20 now looking at this list. Um, Mysterios, I think they're kind of in the right position, maybe a little bit lower. I'm not really sure where else you could put them. Uh, I guess 24 is all right. And then Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz at 25. I, that's good, but maybe, maybe next year they'll get higher up in the rankings. Uh, 31 through 40, 31, the second gear crew of Mance Warner, Matthew Justice, AJ Gray, and the one called Manders. 32 natural vibes of King, Shimizu, and Susumu Yokosuka. 33, Cedric Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin. 34, Rapongi 3K. 35, Men of the Year. 36, La Rebellion, Bestia 666, and Mecha Wolf 450. 37, the Cosmic Angels of Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, and Yunagi Sayaka. 38, the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. 39, Finn Juice. And 40, Pretty Deadly, Sam Stoker and Lewis Howley. Um, I'm surprised that Alexander and Benjamin together as a tag team's on this list. I did not expect them to be on this list. Uh, to be same with same with Rapongi 3K, they broke up. I did not think they'd be on this list. Um, that's really my thoughts on that. Unfortunately, you know, I don't have anything else to say on that one. And then the final group of 10 41 Team C stars of Ashley Vox and Delmi Exo, 42 J. Mark Briscoe, 43 La Fresa de Egoistas, that's Asuka, not. WWE Asuka and Makoto. 44, Los Genitas del Air of El Hijo del Vikingo, Golden Magic, Laredo Kid, and Mysticize Jr. 45, Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. 46, Natalia and Tamina. 47, Shane Taylor Promotions. 48, Decay. 49, 2.0. And rounding out the list, the main street posse. Of Aiden Agro and Danger Kid. And that is your top 50 tag teams. According to the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, Briscoe's I thought would be much higher. Honestly. I thought Natalia and Tamina maybe might be a little bit higher. But I guess I don't have much to say about uh, you know, which tag teams would be in that list. So... But it is what it is, and congratulations again to the Young Bucks. Second year in a row, AEW has the Tag Team of the Year. FTR won it uh, last year. The Young Bucks get it this year. That's two in a row for AEW. All right. So, as I said, this is the final episode of 2021, and this has been a very interesting year. Um, I think it's been a little bit more of a better year than 2020 was. Probably by a mile a lot better. Um, I, there was some good and there was some bad. Um, the good that I saw in 2021, I'll start with WWE, is the fact that we had this year two black men be the WWE champion. Bobby Lashley, who had a very good run 
after beating The Miz, going right through WrestleMania, all the way past SummerSlam, had a very, almost a six-month reign. And now Big E as WWE Champion. Very glad to see that the black wrestler in WWE is getting attention because there are some talented guys that deserve it. Bobby Lashley got better last year. Biggie's always been good. Glad to see that they have stuck with these wonderful athletes as champions. And then let's talk about Roman Reigns, Universal Champion for a whole calendar year. Unbelievable job. Roman Reigns has done, Paul Heyman has done with this entire angle. It has been absolutely fantastic. Um, is Roman Reigns going to make it to WrestleMania as the Universal Champion? That is the big question, I think, at this point in time. And I'm going to pull up where we are at with his title reign. Uh, we are at today, as of this recording, December 24th, 478 days. 478 days as the Universal Champion or the Brock Lesnar Memorial Champion. For him to reach and break the record for the longest reign, which is held by Brock Lesnar, he needs to be champion for, if I can do my math right... Another 25, 26 days. He's that close to having the longest reign as Universal Champion. Now, of course, as far as combined days goes, he's still got a ways to go. He has to be champion for at least another 140 plus days, depending on how you want to do it. If you want to do it by... Combined days recognized by WWE, he needs about another 145 days. If you want to do it from outside of WWE, he needs it for another 146 days. So either way you look at it, it's going to be very interesting to see if Roman Reigns, number one, has the single longest title reign in Universal Championship history. But if he eventually passes Brock Lesnar with the combined longest reign as WWE Champion. So we'll have to wait and see where that goes. Um, This year was a good year for Bianca Belair. Won the Royal Rumble. Headlined the first night of WrestleMania with Sasha Banks in a tremendous match. Um, had a really good run as women's champion, and I think it's just a matter of time before Sa or Bianca wears a women's championship belt again, either it be Raw or SmackDown. With AEW, the amazing story told of Adam Page to get to the world title and ultimately winning the world title was fantastic. Um... CM Punk's return was was great. Brian Danielson coming to AEW was really good. A lot of good in AEW. It would take a long time, I think, to go through all the good things with AEW 
that they did in 2021. And New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Kota Ibushi finally winning the IWGP Heavyweight title and being the main guy with two amazing performances at Wrestle Kingdom. The first night against Tetsuya Naido and the second night against Jay White, which I really think when people go through their lists of the match of the year, that match with Jay White should be high up there for consideration for the match of the year. And let's talk about the indies. Let's talk about the indies. They've had a really good year. Game Changer Wrestling, this was their year. This was their big year, and they are getting rewarded right now with the Hammerstein Ballroom Show coming up January the 23rd. Um, They've got a fan base that follows them second to none right now. And I think the Indies, in a way, are going to be benefiting from the obvious bad thing that happened this year with WWE, which was letting all that talent go. I mean, it's over 80 people that got let go. WWE, you know, did it for budget cuts, in quotes. And... The Indies, along with a couple other promotions, are going to benefit from this. Uh, We might not see it right away, but in due time, we're going to see the benefits of any and every independent promotion getting these ex-WWE wrestlers on their shows. And I think it's going to work out great for everyone that is involved. Um, obviously a, a, a big blow, uh, this year, the continuation of COVID and not being able to get some foreign talent over to Japan. You saw it again in new Japan this year, although it was lightened up a little bit. They were able to get some of their wrestlers to travel here in the United States or into England, uh, for, for a little while. So that was good. Um, We'll see what happens there. AEW, um, the the barbed wire match was kind of a disaster. But let's be completely honest; it kind of really was a disaster. Um, also, you know, they just—it seemed like with AEW this year, early on, especially. After the Brody Lee death, it seemed like there was a little bit of a bad stretch, but they were able to get through it. And they had hits and misses during the year along the way, but uh, we'll see how they continue to grow in 2022. They are still in a growing uh, period right now. Um. Obviously, the big blow this year for wrestling in general is the break of Ring of Honor. Uh, If they'll ever open, we're not really sure. Some people are saying it is the end. Some are saying it's not the end. Remains to be seen. Um, But yeah, that was kind of a big blow there. And just all around, you know, Ring of Honor, let's, let's give Ring of Honor credit where credit is due. Out of every promotion 
in the United States, major promotion, I mean, I'm not going to count the indies on this one, of all the major promotions in the United States, Ring of Honor handled this pandemic better than any other organization did. They paid the wrestlers while they were not wrestling. They had, when they did the TV tapings, they had everybody go into quarantine. And if they did test positive, they couldn't wrestle, but they were, you know, they were in their rooms for several weeks, hotel rooms, and Ring of Honor did an amazing job, I thought, handling the pandemic the way they did. It's just a shame that we won't get to see the benefits of how they handled it uh, in early 2022, but we'll see if they come back in April as they announced they did a few months ago with Supercard of Honor remains to be seen. So all in all, 2022 in pro wrestling, or 2022, 2021 in pro wrestling, um... A better year. It, it, it was a better year than 2020. Um, there's still some growing pains, I think, for uh, for pro wrestling. We're in this new era, this new world that we live in, and we'll just have to see if the if the industry, if wrestlers, if the fans can make the transition of where we are now and see if we can make it better. Well, that will do it for the show for this week and more importantly for this year. But before we go, going to wrap it up, going to do our plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at wrestlingshow11. And follow us on Instagram, pardon me, Follow us on Instagram at That Wrestling Show and join our Facebook group. It is That Wrestling Show fan group. You type that in the search bar and you're right there. And if you can't find us, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. Now to plug some friends of the podcast, starting with our Vantage Point with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. This week, they started a brand new segment called The Jump. This week, they started off with Bret Hart and his jump from WWF to WCW. Plus, week one of the Royal Rankings of the best Royal Rumble matches of all time. The Royal Rumble match itself. Uh, Kind of a cheap plug here, but if you really want to hear that, go to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. Jim Boy Star and I dedicated a whole year of our lives to that. But anyway, um, and they review an episode of Monday Night Raw from January 27th, 1997. That is this week on Our Vantage Point. Also check out Greetings from Allentown with Peter Winson as this week it's another episode of GFA Live with Keithy as they watch World Championship Wrestling from July 20th, 1991. That is this week on Greetings from Allentown. Also, check out Juice Pro Wrestling, where it is part two of their year-end review, their year-end special. Um, And they announced on uh, many Facebook groups, uh, obviously ours, 
that they are going to be taking a little bit of a break, rest themselves up for the new year. So we'll plug Juice Pro Wrestling again when they come back in February. And don't forget to check out Memphis Continental Wrestling with Luke Jennings. He watches an episode of Memphis Wrestling each and every week. That is Memphis Continental Wrestling. Now, if you're looking for non-wrestling related podcasts, check out the Castle Vault where they watch all the movies on, well, not all the movies, but a lot of the movies on Disney+. Plus. Right now, they are, or this week, they reviewed Avengers Infinity War. On Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, to celebrate the holidays, Dave and Ethan collectively determine and rank Weird Al's top five holiday songs. Oh boy, this one could be good. That is on Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Also, check out the Three Stooges throwback with former guest Gabe Russo, where this week he discusses the 36th short by the Three Stooges, Three Little Sue and Sues. That is this week on the Three Stooges throwback. Also, check out the DK and Bill Wrestling Podcast. It is officially now up on the Apple Podcast. You guys can find all of our episodes up there. Type in the DK and Bill Wrestling Podcast and you are right there if you need some good quality listening during the week you know because a lot of us are going to be off check us out the dk and bill wrestling podcast also check out uh bill learns kingdom hearts just finished season two but if you're looking for again something to listen to a long listen check out bill learns kingdom hearts season two where jim and i go through kingdom hearts chain of memories and finally check out sharks pond a south park podcast where i watch and review each and every south park episode this week fro joins me as we celebrate the 200th episode of the podcast by watching 200 yep that episode check it out on sharks pond a south park podcast also want to mention, since uh, since the show's not going to be on next week, uh, I believe it is January 2nd is going to be the next episode of Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast, where we had Pluggo from Two Guys With Beards podcast as we discussed the tag team Royal Rumble match from the June... 15th episode of Monday Night Raw. So that'll be coming up in a little bit over a week. So check that out as well. Alright. When we come back, or when I come back, get into 2022, uh, gonna review WWE Day 1, or First Day, or One Day, or whatever it's called. Plus gonna talk about both nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Looking forward to those two shows. And who knows what else we'll get. Um, I will say real quick, if, if, it's a big if, uh, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter announces their Hall of Fame next week. I'll hop on real quick, uh, give my thoughts on that. And if not, I'll do it whenever it comes out. So 
that's pretty much the best way to go. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode and thank you for tuning in this year. Uh, milestone year hit our 500th episode. Could not have done that without you guys, the fans. Um, I know wrestling can, you know, have its good times and bad times, but I hope that this show is always giving you a good time. So everyone, be safe during the holiday season, no matter what it is you celebrate. Christmas, Kwanzaa, if you've celebrated Hanukkah, maybe some of you have celebrated Festivus yesterday. Whatever holiday it is that you celebrate, have fun. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. And when you come back, join us in 2022 for a brand new year of that wrestling show. It is the year of the change on that wrestling show. And until then, I'm Bill Yankovey saying happy holidays, happy new year, and wrestle on.